Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. Sometimes the world feels crazy and lonely to me, maybe even a little fake. But what would happen if I slowed down and started offering kindness to others? The best leaders challenge us to be more, to focus on helping others before ourselves. We can change things for the better. No matter who we are or what we're doing, any one of us can be good to others. This sounds like a small thing, but I've seen how it creates a big ripple effect, where one act of kindness helped you and me, then it kept going again and again. Being kind encouraged someone else to do the same because they felt noticed, because they felt loved. More and more people joined in. Don't you want to be a part of that? A place where everyone looks out for one another? Where what we say and do can't help but inspire more kindness? That's the world I want to live in. And that's the world we can create, together. So let's look around, wherever we are, and be willing to go first. Because not only does kindness matter, it spreads. To join the movement, visit InspireKindness.com. Today on The Action Catalyst, host Dan Moore talks with Mac Anderson, founder of Inspire Kindness, with a mission to start a worldwide movement of kindness. Mac is also a repeat guest from Action Catalyst episodes 259 and 260, where you can learn more about his background and career. It's a real privilege to have a repeat guest today, Mac Anderson. We are good friends, old friends for a long time, and he's somebody that I respect, admire, and totally enjoy spending time with. So, Mac, welcome back to the Action Catalyst. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that old friends. I don't know what you mean by that, but uh, I think you're right on both counts. I'm old, and we've been friends for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll say longtime friends and more than a half a century of excellence in leadership and developing people. How about that? Sounds good. Well, our listeners that want to know a lot more about your terrific contributions to making the world better can check out the great interview that you gave me through the Action Catalyst, and we can direct you to that. But I really want to talk with you about what you've been working on lately, Mac, and your whole theme about kindness. And there's something coming up called World Kindness Day. Can you please share that with us? Yeah, I've had a lot of experience in different uh, companies. I thought I would leverage my experience and my contacts to really do something that could make a difference in the world. And and so about three years ago, I acquired the name Inspire Kindness, and it's something that I think is totally relevant in today's world. And, uh, uh, you know, I wanted to to make a difference in the world and really start a ripple effect that would have an effect around the world. So I partnered with Southwestern. We started a company called Inspire Kindness. Inspire Kindness is a company that shares content and we sell products and donate back to really uh, help kids uh, in grade school to really embrace the kindness idea and be less likely to bully once they get to middle school. And it's been exciting. And I really think kindness is more relevant today than it's ever been in the world. And so uh, really to be involved in kindness and to be able to write the book on the ROI of kindness has been wonderful for me. I'm not sure why you could say it's more relevant than ever. Everyone always gets along. There are no conflicts, no crises. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we think we can make a difference. Hopefully we can. And uh, uh, if we wave the kindness flag, hopefully people will uh, be a little less likely to uh, say nasty things. Sure. Can you share a bit more about the the work sort of at the elementary school, grade school level with, with children to 
to hopefully forestall any tendencies they may have to become bullies a bit later. I think that's such a key point. Yeah, we decided to donate a percentage of our product sales back to schools to really promote kindness with grade schools. So again, they'd be less likely to bully once they get to middle school. So we, we've affected more than 100 schools with curriculums and posters and wristbands, awards, the Spirit of Kindness Awards, to initiate a movement in the school that will hopefully make a difference in the life of these young kids who uh, are very impressionable at that, that age. But it's uh, it's been proven that once they get to middle school, they're more likely to bully. So hopefully we'll plant the kindness seed early on and, and they'll be less likely to do that. That is amazing. I love that. What, what are you hearing back from teachers or parents on some of the impacts this is having? We've gotten great reviews, you know, in terms of the curriculum. I mean, some teachers really uh, are more excited about it than others. I know in schools, it's uh, difficult to get an agreement on anything when it comes to promoting a theme or a curriculum these days. But those schools that have done it, they say it's making a difference. And we're excited about that. Oh, I love to hear that. That's such a good thing. I know you've also talked a lot sort of in the in the corporate setting about something you call the ROI of kindness, return on investment of kindness. Can you share a little bit of thinking about that and, and what you think that could mean for companies that want to be difference makers going forward? I've had the privilege at Simple Truths, the publishing company that I started, to either author or co-author 24 books. But of the books I've done, uh, this, I think... Uh, would be right there in the top three uh, that, that I really enjoyed doing. It's a book that I think needed to be uh, to be out there. I co-authored with Brian Byro. Brian is a tremendous speaker and writer. And we wanted to take a look at companies who've developed a culture of kindness and share with others uh, how they've done it and how they keep it alive and how they become leaders in their industry as a result of it. So, you know, there've been a lot of books written on uh, teamwork and customer service and leadership and attitude. But there's really never been one on kindness in terms of how it not only feels good, but how it can impact your bottom line. So we, we set out, we did research for you know six months to really look at the various companies that have created this kind of culture and, and just see how it has impacted their, not only their culture, but their bottom line. So two great examples of this are Chick-fil-A and Southwest Airlines. They created a culture of kindness, and love, and fun that was really unbelievable. And, and they far, far outshine their competitors uh, just to see how they've done it, how they keep it alive uh, was fascinating to me. Chick-fil-A, for example, they're only open six days a week, but uh, their average sales uh, are 4.1 million. And McDonald's, for example, open seven days a week in most hours is 2.7 million. And really the difference is the way that they hire and train their people. The average turnover in the fast food industry is 170%. And at Chick-fil-A, it's 14%. Oh my goodness. They've created a culture of kindness and, and made a huge difference. And uh, the Center for Hospitality and Research at Cornell estimates that the employee turnover for Chick-fil-A, the lack of it, uh, saves $148,000 per store in the entire chain saves uh, uh, on average $340 million as a result of that 14% turnover compared to the industry average of, of 170%. They're happy to work there and they don't want to leave. There's a long waiting list to join the Chick-fil-A teams. It's all because uh, of that culture of uh, kindness and, and fun that has made the difference. It's amazing to me to hear that because the numbers don't lie. Turnover is a huge factor, and to reduce it by that amount is stunning. Just to give you an idea of some of the store, I mean, there, there are a hundred stories like this, but 
I'll just share one quick one. Uh, Dan Cathy, uh, a, a couple of years ago, walked into a store and it was pouring down rain and, and he watched the customers run out to their car and getting wet. And the next uh, day he went back to uh, uh, and asked his assistant to send out uh, 10,000 umbrellas to the stores with a note saying, if it's raining, uh, make sure that you stop what you're doing and walk the customers to the car because they really appreciate it. And uh, so it's things like that. It's the little things that make a big difference. And, and it, it, like I said, it all starts at the top. And, and once, that, once it starts at the top, really, it's contagious at that point. The other CEO that I admire greatly is Herb Kelleher, the Southwest Airlines CEO. And, and Southwest, uh, 50 years ago, Herb, with a friend, uh, wrote down on a napkin that he'd like to start a new airline. Uh, that with no frills, uh, inexpensive, and, and loaded with people who love to serve. 50 years later, it's, it's the largest airline in the world by far, the most profitable airline in the world. But they created a culture that is just uh, uh, unbelievable. And it's built around three things. Uh, according to Herb, the key to their success were three things. When someone asked him, he said, love, kindness, and fun. And I think any company can take these three things to heart. If you love your employees, they're going to love their customers. And if you have fun with them, they're going to want to work there. So it's, uh, it's a wonderful story from a guy who just uh, absolutely loved his people. And their turnover rate is uh, 3% compared to 20% in the, uh, in the industry. It's those kind of uh, CEOs, those kind of cultures that really help people want to work there. And when, when people love what they do, uh, this love is passed on to the customers. Sure is. In fact, if you look up Southwest stock ticker symbol, it's L-U-V, love. I know the airport. They named the airport Love Field. Uh, love, is on the, uh, love is on the planes. I think there's lessons there for leaders of any size organization, whether it's a thousands of employees or whether it's a startup hoping to add some people. If you recruit for what the qualities and character you're looking for, most everything else can be taught, but you can't teach character. You know, Dan, you can't send a doc to Eagle School. You can't teach people to want to serve, to want to smile. You can't teach personality, but we can hire people that have those qualities and we can teach them our products and teach them our culture. So I guess what I'm taking out of this is that if we can, first of all, start with ourselves. You know, what are our motives? What, what's our intentions? Are we focused only on the profit number or metrics like that? Or are we focused on making a difference and being a place that employees are proud to be part of? Because I really think if the motives of the leader are right, that's going to reflect out to the people that are around the leader. And if the motives aren't, it's going to come back in the reverse. So starting with our own self-examination, would you recommend that stage? No question about it. I've been involved with starting three different companies, four different companies. And uh, I've met a lot of people who are a lot smarter than I am. Uh, you know, it's really the people that were effortlessly kind that I really came to respect. And, and, and just give you a quick example. Uh, uh, Ken Blanchard, uh, he wrote The One Minute Manager. He, he's a good friend of mine. And, uh, uh, you know, every time I go to Ken's office in California, uh, he's, he's sharing something. And one day we were in the conference room and his assistant came by and said, uh, Maria's here. And, and so Ken leaves. He said, I'll be gone for about an hour. Her husband, uh, Jose, died. He was a warehouse worker. He died. And Ken takes a microphone with Maria and walks around to every single employee and asks that employee to share with Maria what Jose meant to them and some of the stories about Jose. And he comes back in the conference room an hour later 
and introduces us to Maria. And uh, she said, you know, this, I'll never forget this day as long as I live. A fantastic leader. And for your listeners, I'll say this, uh, your host, Dan Moore, really falls into that category too. I've known Dan for almost uh, almost 30 years, and he's one of the kindest people I've ever met and a great leader as a result. So uh, Dan, I know you're embarrassed to hear me say that, but uh, I'll say it anyway. Thank you. means a lot. Now, the, the book itself, The ROI of Kindness, where does that stand? It's published by Inspire Kindness, and you can go on our website and purchase the book if you're interested. It's the only book that I know of that really focuses on a culture of kindness and how it will impact your bottom line. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, companies don't succeed, people do. That's so true. You can't build a company, you build people, and people build companies. Your company's only as good as the folks who work there. Right. And for a company to have a culture of kindness as an intentional decision really makes all kinds of sense for every single aspect of that business. It's going to improve the customer experience. It's going to improve the employee experience. It's going to improve the financial results because you've already got examples that prove that. And it goes back to something that Peter Drucker said when somebody said, well, what do you think about business strategy? He said, I think strategy is important, but culture eats strategy for breakfast. (laughs) One of my favorite quotes is we call it the essence of kindness. And the quote reads like this. It was from George Washington Carver. And it's just a wonderful quote that really captures the essence. And he said, how far you go in life depends on your being tender with the young, compassionate with the aged, sympathetic with the starving and tolerant of the weak, because someday in your life, you will have been all of these. There there are a lot of folks out there that really embrace the notion of kindness. And uh, it's, uh, it's something that we have to do a lot more of these days because uh, the world is a scary place. In a world where you can be anything, be kind. It's just a little thought that really registered with me the first time I heard it. Well, even though we talk about hiring kind people, hiring nice people, hiring happy people, hiring lovely people, can we train ourselves to be more kind? Are there some, some reactions that we can monitor in ourselves that we can slowly over time change? What, what are your thoughts on that? I really think that we can, but I really think that changing is going to depend on the people we're associated with. And, and for example, if, if you're the leader of a company and you really embrace a culture of kindness and, and the people you hire under you uh, feel the same way, it's contagious and, and you can definitely learn from those people. And um, the other thing, too, that I heard one time that really makes a lot of sense, if you're trying to create this culture you need to occasionally pull the weeds. And by that, I mean, the weeds can take over the garden and the weeds are people that really don't agree or really fight back against the culture. And sometimes pulling the weeds uh, will make a big difference in that culture coming to life. So that may sound harsh, but uh, it, it really uh, it really does make a difference. Well, there's a lot of truth to that one, Mac. Uh, one of my other guests, Mary Beth Highland, said you, within any large organization, there's some people that are keepers of the culture and there's some other people that are killers of the culture. And you've got to decide which ones you want to run with. Makes lots of sense. Well, Mac, we are delighted for your success. We're delighted more than that for your impact, for your continual message of kindness, starting way back when you were just a young pup and how you've done that throughout your entire lifetime, throughout your entire career. The ROI of kindness, everyone. Look for it on inspirekindness.com. Get a copy of it. Let's work on ourselves first. Let's work on those around us. And let's build a kinder, better world. Well, Dan, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being back with us on the Action Catalyst. I think you're one of our only repeat guests, and it's exciting that you could be on this list. Thank you again. Thank you, sir. Enjoyed it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, 
Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.